Welcome to the Indigo Tent. This is podcast number eight, where we unpack even more about respect and bias. Wendy, welcome to the tent. We have a guest with us again today. I'm so excited. Hi, Zella Marie. Yes, we have Tally back with us again to talk some more about bias. Thank you for inviting me again. Wendy, recently you and I had a discussion about a past experience, one of your working experiences when you were bringing arts into the schools. You were working with a program where you taught ballroom dancing with children and you observed respect, lack of respect. So share with us, give us an example of what you saw, what you experienced. Oh, sure. And yeah, because it was really important and this is why I wanted to bring Tali in so we could kind of all unpack this together. What we found was when we went into the schools, we had this very clever curriculum where it it sort of in stealth mode introduced the students to what it meant to actually go beyond just the, ooh, you're a boy, ooh, you're a girl, and experience both positive touch in a dance brain. There are appropriate ways to connect or interact with another human being. And they got to experience this through the different dances. They also, you know, got to experience the whole idea of historic Western Europe's interpretation of what respect looked like, which was bowing and curtsying and saying, thank you and you're welcome. And so we found, you know, literally miracles happening with these young fifth graders in in the different schools where they were then exposed to something beyond just the playground cooties, if you will, of, ew, you're you're contaminated because you're a boy or you're a girl. (laughs) And they found that, you know, by saying thank you and you're welcome uh, and hello partner and all of these types of just simple phrases, we could witness these young kids going from this state of, of, bias against the other gender or against each other or against dance and against dance thank goodness for dancing with the stars <laughs> which came out about the same time but we could we could see this transforming them into oh i can see you you're a person i can actually talk to you as a person and not just that thing we're supposed to be biased against And this whole idea of what does respect actually look like? It was was really quite profound at that time. For the first time in their lives, children are actually experiencing a form of respect. And what you find in a lot of these schools, it's a lot of dictation, of of telling, of do this, do this, don't talk, sit down, be quiet, la, 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 la. And, you know, it's fascinating because, you know, as in, educator, even though I educated, you know, university students and not the young ones, but now that I'm exploring uh, Florida's, you know, very diverse schools, private, public, and I work with adults, you know, the administrators, the teachers, the kids, it's interesting to see that when they're in a safe space, okay, so you were doing dance, right? Mm-hmm. With, the, with, with the bias work, we come in and the first thing we do with, the, with, the, with whether it's adults or kids, is we use an acronym. We use respect as an acronym and I have them organically populated. I don't make the law of the land. You create the law of the land. 
What are the social cues? What do you want to live by in the next few hours we're together? How do you want to run this? What's important to you and what does it look like for you? And we go around the room. So when someone says, well, respect is really important for me. And I say, that's awesome, but I'm not looking for that definition. I want to know how, what it looks like for you. So you see it, you know, you, you, you can imagine both of you, you go around the room and you see, you know, you want me to look you in the eye because you feel respected and you, that, and, and I'm giving you that energy when I look you in the eye, but for somebody else, it's, uh, you know, it's just disrespectful to look, don't, especially an, um, an authoritative figure in the eye. Yeah. Yes. And so, and then they move around the letter. So E exploration. What is exploration? How do you like to explore? Well, Johnny likes to explore by talking to people, but, but, you know, Susan here prefers to explore by asking questions. Both of these are different ways of exploring, but now you know what each, what each other's superpowers are. And Carlos likes to uh, experience. And I think that what happens is that that acronym becomes, and, and they get to know each other because what you do is you're using every word that is not a dictionary, def- not from that perspective, not interested in that, but interested in who is in the room. You are the priority and you need to know one another because mm-hmm. you need to support one another because you know why? Because you're surviving this thing called school together. That's why. Because you're here because you are. <laughs> yeah. Because you're thrown into this and you have to, and you can make it a, an experience where you feel that you have, we have allies around you because that's what, you know, what we call a lot of our programs are becoming ally programs. So how do we shift you from being a bystander to being an ally? Well, first you got to get to know each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And what a great way to get to know each other right off the bat in a safe space. Don't tell them what the laws are. Create, let them populate the laws because then they own them. Yeah. And then think about the words you just said there. You're allowing the students with what you're doing, Tali, you're allowing them to create the laws and what Wendy experienced with the, the, the ballroom dancing within the school environment was the kids were being creative in learning these dance patterns. So that comes back to creativity, which is one of the elements of harmony. Creativity helps us with our interactions and our interactions. Beautiful. I'm going to jump in here and talk to you, Zella, is, is that what you also did in your classroom to help students feel the space of respect was that you really worked with them on expectations and consequences. And maybe you could share a little bit about that. Yeah, before any new assignment or activity, I would set the expectation. And I always built in some type of verbiage that was going to allow the students to respect not only one another, respect me as the teacher, but also respect themselves that we're all here to learn, right? The human brain is designed to learn and whether we're going to learn through dance or whether we're going to learn through an activity, a group activity where you're taking apart the word respect as an acronym, I had an expectation. And with that, I learned early on in my career, my teaching career, that then kids respected the learning environment. And if we're respecting the learning environment, then we're going to put the bias towards respect, which is our ultimate goal, right? Of course, and, 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 and enjoying that diversity that's there. But you know, it's incredible how, you know, we talk on the one hand of the importance of structure, this is how you do it, and then of, you know, of opening it up again. It's this- A little bit of freedom. It's like, the, it's like a wave, right? It's like the, the ocean kind of like sucks 
pulls back and then whoosh, this beautiful waves comes at us. We need this in and out. Right, the ebb and flow, yeah. We know intuitively when it's, when it works and when it isn't. And you know what, the, and we see so much resistance in the school system. We know that this, these systems are, are, are going through some serious transformations to, to you know, and let's keep, leave it there. I know we're not here to discuss that's the, whole the other, That's system. a whole other discussion. <laughs> but I certainly sense that, you know, creativity leads to the legitimation of, of critical thinking. Critical thinking is an avenue to being open, is to, is takes us straight to the frontal lobe and out of the fight or flight places. You know, it just is because when you set up as an educator, and, and I guess we're talking about this because all of us, in one way or another, are, are educators, it's extremely important to create spaces for people to be authentic and to engage each other. I cannot think, and I know how simple this sounds, but that is the honest to God truth. We need more reference points of engaging each other because respect is something so profound and it's something that builds. It's never something that takes away and dilutes and destroys. Yeah, respect was not created by intimidation. It can't. Listeners, what we'd like to do as we wrap up this podcast, we're encouraging you to write down, literally write down the word respect and find out for yourself, just like Tali did with those students, what would the R represent for you personally? Make this something that you can analyze the words that you use, what's integral to your very being and how can you redefine respect and especially looking at it through the, through the lens of where are your biases, good or bad, right or wrong. I think that's a great idea to sort of populate your own acronym of respect from a, um, the point of view of this is how I like to be respected. Just look at it. And you know what the next step is? Communicate it, please. Mm-hmm. You know, so many of us are in relationships with our, whether it's our family members, our partners, our children, our bosses. And, you know, we, we want them to read our mind. And they can. We want them to assume to know how to respect <laughs> us. And you know what? It takes just as much of an effort to be disappointed than it does to actually tell someone, hey, listen, you know, next time you come home, can you do me a favor? Can you not put your backpack on the counter I just disinfected? Can you please put it in your room? Because I feel respected because I just took time to make sure that our kitchen is clean. And when you do that, I feel disrespected. So yes. it's as simple actions that, may, that can trigger in us that I'm pissed off now, as opposed to, oh, I feel honored and, and appreciated. And, right. and my kid did not do that on purpose. No. She was not thinking and she doesn't even know, right? She could have been distracted on right. the phone, this or that. Right, so it's, it's really, it's about that opening up that communication channel to say, what does respect look like for me? And what does it look like for you? And where can we find a common ground? So thanks for joining us today. And we hope you found a little bit of new meaning from the word respect and a little bit of different perspective about bias. We welcome you to join us the next time. Thank you, listeners. We love you. To tap into our higher self, we seek to align the elements of interaction with harmony. What element will you use today, dear listener, to transform you into your highest self.